everyone. Welcome to CogCast, Cognito's podcast, where we speak with journalists and media pros on the latest happenings in the world of media and PR. I'm Vanya Lakic, your host. Today we have in our show Jean-Paul Salamanca. He's a reporter at Newsday, covering multiple beats in Long Island. Jean-Paul has been with Newsday for almost eight years. And today he'll talk to us about how to think like a journalist and how the journalism industry is changing. Jean-Paul, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited. It's a pleasure to be here. If you can start by telling us a bit about what you do at Newsday, what beats you cover. Well, since I've started in 2016, I've uh, largely been a uh, town's reporter, which means that uh, largely uh, they, they assigned me to a community and or communities, plural, and I would run the happenings and goings in, the, in, in those communities. I've covered uh, multiple beats on the and in, in, in communities since that time, uh, from the East End, Riverhead, South Hold, parts of the uh, South Fork, and, and now my latest one is Smithtown. So that one has its own uh, different challenges, but uh, that's the uniqueness of Long Island. So. And so when you come into the newsroom every day, what kind of happens? Like walk us through your day. Well, largely, I try to uh, prepare ahead of time for the for the day, which means I, you know, before I go in, I generally spend the morning and some sometimes parts of the evening about considering about what stories I'm going to pitch and uh, what has a better uh, chance of uh, hitting with our readers, or, and uh, of course, uh, what our editors will be interested in. And uh, from there, I go in and I uh, largely I lay out uh, several pitches of that uh, that I'm working on. If, if I've already been pre-approved on something, I let my editors know how it's going. If I have a new idea, I lay out what the story is and I pitch why we should probably do it. And of course, what the art is. People tend to forget that even in print, although we're starting to segue more towards the video aspect of things too now with the launch of Newsday TV. We're a very visual medium. So whenever, I guess this is probably maybe a little bit ahead of time, but if you're pitching a story, you got to think, what's the art going to be? What's the visual? And is it going to be something that's captivating? Is it going to be something that grabs people's attention? And uh, all those factors play a role in what a story pitch is going to be. And once I get the green light, I just start making phone calls and going ahead with, the, uh, with, with chasing people down for stories. And dare I ask, how many story pitches do you typically get in your inbox every day? Pitches that are coming from other other people? Yeah. Uh, a lot. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it varies from day to day, but it's uh, it tends to be a bit. Usually they are from PR folks who will pitch one thing or another. And I, I won't lie, every now and then I kind of look through those inboxes and I, and I see these pitches and I'm like, I don't think this person knows a single thing about me or what I or what I write about, but because this is just the most random thing I've ever seen. But of all those pitches that I usually get, less than a handful I've ever actually said, okay, that's kind of interesting. So I can I can pay, probably pitch that, but it's got to be something that's very um, specific to what I do, and also has some kind of interesting hook to it. So. Right. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question. What makes a good story pitch? What stands out to you? Let's see. I, I can't tell you how many pitches I've just gotten that I don't even answer or I just or some, every now and then I'll just take the courtesy uh, to say, hi, thanks for reaching out. But um, I can't do anything with this. <laughs> and uh, which sometimes I'll get back to the, the thank you appreciation email. But largely it's a uh, for me, what what makes a good pitch is number one. It should be at least connected to what I do. If it's if it's not to my town specifically, then at least to Long Island. This is something that maybe PR folks aren't really um, 
very cognizant to that uh, you need to, when I do a story, I vet my sources. I think that, you know, maybe that should be kind of a something that also should be taken to heart for a PR folks. You should probably know your uh, the people that you're going to pitch it to. If I'm going to be pitching a story about um, cooking, why am I going to send a, a cooking pitch to somebody who covers mm-hmm. business? <laughs> like it just you get you got to try to make the the circle fit in the circle in, in in the round peg, not the square peg. So sure. And plus, when it, if it the few times when it does tailor to where where I'm at, it should also take some into account a couple of things about um you know obviously the strength of the pitch. It should be something that you know it can grab people's interest. I would pitch something that you know it deals with a specific angle and not so much. I mean, I know that you that, that there's probably a product or an angle involved, but. Uh, the strength should probably be on the story itself and wh- how, how that would connect to our readers. For, and also, I would probably pitch uh, what makes good a good visual. You can grab somebody's interest with um, something with a great picture or a video opportunity, which is, you know, everything is gearing towards that nowadays. That will also probably help uh, increase the chances of me giving you a call back and saying, hey, let's talk instead of just, all right, well, next. Right. And with visual, do you mean like a story arc? So thinking about what story arc a reporter would want to cover, or are you talking about like graphics and videos? It's a little bit of a mix of both. I mean, if you can, obviously, doing the former would be great. Uh, and, and I mean, we 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 all do like arcs and story in, in, in any kind of storytelling. But largely, I would start with with first look at the graphics. I mean, if we're going to do a story, then the first question my editors are going to ask is usually, well, aside from trying to pick apart the, how strong the the pitch is afterwards, the other priority is what's the arc going to be. And the art should be something that, that's that's strong. It should be a, an interesting visual or picture or video opportunity that um, that will be able to kind of see our make our readers kind of put you know, put them inside of this uh, of this story and really tell a, a, a tale of a narrative here. Mm-hmm. If there's a strong visual that's that's attached to that, then that does help because sometimes you know we do like the uh, what what grabs uh, people's eyeballs in that sense. You know, and good art will it definitely helps in that uh, grabbing people's attention and, and telling that kind of story. So if you can make sure that the art is good, that's uh, that would make something for a, a very strong case for um, people considering that story. Right. How many sources do you typically talk to and how many of those actually get quoted? <laughs> um, I usually source a lot of folks uh, when, in, in, in my stories, but uh, depending upon how um, the word count for each one, you know, it, it, it depends. Sometimes I'll kind of paraphrase what, what people say just because they, maybe uh, maybe they said something of, uh, of interest or something that would be kind of a, a, a quote that kind of pops out and uh, grabs people's attention. From there, I, I won't say I quote everybody or everything because, you know, there's sometimes I've gotten really outlandish quotes where it's like, all right, I can't use this or this, you know, I, I, I would have to do X, you know, the, the, you'd have to do a lot of more reporting to prove this one point because it's so outlandish. But um, largely, I try to use everybody that I spoke with in some sort of fashion, but um, I'll say that, you know, if I'm going to use like huge quotes, we're trying to get out of that in, in terms of if it's going to make it in the paper of like a full a full quote from start to finish, it would have to be something that it grabs people's attention. It's really something that uh, people wouldn't necessarily say every day or really kind of uh, puts the reader into the story where they can, you know, it puts them in a, in, in a, in a person's shoes when they're experiencing either, uh, you know, anything simple from like a house fire to 
to uh, budget cuts, to you know, all sorts of um, you know, issues that people normally uh, deal with or, or that I'll be writing about. Right. And how important do you think relationship building is between PR people and journalists? Like, do you ever go to coffees with PR people, even though you may not be quoting them or writing a story at the moment, but see it as an important relationship for down the line? I do that a lot now. I usually do the coffee thing with folks from either my local civics or sometimes with PR people. Uh, I, I haven't dealt with the experience of a PR person really like on a, on a regular basis until I transferred to Smithtown. Normally now there are towns on Long Island which do have public relations uh, folks or media folks, people. It's not often, but uh, every now and then you'll run into a town or a village that uh, they have somebody there who's um, kind of speaking for that uh, government. In that case, it's usually very good to, um, I try to touch base with them very often. I've, I've taken the, the PR spokesperson for Smithtown for uh, for coffee every now and then, especially when I was first uh, starting out in the beat, just to introduce myself. And uh, that way we can, uh, you know, building that kind of interaction face-to-face, it definitely helps establish uh some level of trust in terms of being able to talk on a regular basis and uh, especially when you're talking about future stories and information and all that other stuff, it, that kind of trust is uh, it's, it's key. It's access. Sure. What are some of your do's and don'ts for PR people to follow when interacting with the media? Oh, let's see. As far as do's and don'ts, my big don't for whenever I get these pitches um, is, is uh, don't try to sound like you're selling a product. That's for me, that's a huge turnoff. Like a, uh, I remember one time a couple of years ago, I got a I got a pitch of her story when I was covering Riverhead, and it sounded like it was interesting. But then I started digging on, on, on the bottom, and it, and it sounded like the person who was it sounded like an environmental story. At first, I was really excited because environmental stories are something that I've always been pretty interested in. But then when I started to look more into what she said that this thing was about, I realized that she was trying to sell me on a product, and that changed the whole thing. I was like, nope, this is, I, I can't do that. We, that's not what we do. I mean, if you want to do that kind of stuff, you'd have to take out an ad or go to a penny saver or something, but that's not um, what I'm supposed to do on my beat. So try to avoid that. We're more interested in what the story is and, and, and what the in something that can connect with people. And um, I get mm-hmm. that there's probably a, a mission in terms of, you know, we're trying to sell something or put the face on, on, on that. But uh, at least I tend to watch out for that because I get that all the time. So like, I, I get that we, we're just mm-hmm. like, like, okay, what's the agenda here? So for do, I would say, well, like going back to what I said earlier, uh, it would help if you're a PR person, if you're going to be looking, if you're going to email a, a reporter, I would say, do your research on uh, who you're pitching it to. Again, I get, I've gotten a lot of emails over, over the years where it's completely unrelated to what I do. And I look at this like, what, what is this? I, I can't do anything with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I pass up on it. But there is one, one guy who's, uh, who I've, I've dealt with in the, in, the, in the PR world who every now and then he'll, uh, he kind of has, has a better understanding of what it is that I tend to look for. And whenever he's pitched something, it usually it's on, it's more on the human interest side of things. I won't lie though. The, the pitches that he usually sets are, are usually pretty good. He always focuses on, on people, which is another thing that you, that's a do. You should probably focus on. If you're going to pitch something, you know, we're looking for like, who's the, I hate to use this phrase, but who's the character? If there's a person uh, who, who you can kind of set me up with, who, who can kind of put me in their shoes and kind of put the bigger perspective of something, 
that's usually a huge asset there. That same guy had pitched me a story a year and a half ago about a, a blind artist uh, somewhere along Long Island. And uh, he'd, um, I think he was during COVID, he had been trying to learn how to, um, how to uh, make all these uh, ex- extravagant, like, you know, metal, metal work through. And, and he was, and he was blind and, um, and he lost most of his senses, but uh, yet he was able to, you know, craft this uh, exquisite artwork. And I thought, well, that's an incredible story. It made the paper, and it did uh, it did really strong numbers, actually. So that that shows focusing on 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 the person that that you can offer. I I, I won't use character because mm-hmm. I just think that that's kind of a cheap, uh, you know, um, way how to boil people down. Uh, it's it, it focus on an interesting person that you can you can pitch to, and that that's a really strong hook for us. I would say don't pitch it to something that's uh, to something to somebody that's outside of their beat. Again, like if you're if if you're trying to pitch a story about golf, don't pitch it to someone to, to someone who's covering governments or investigator reporting. Like this is like again, you're trying to fit a, a round shape into a square peg. It's not going to work. You you have to yeah. do research and you have to know who you're pitching to. If you know that the person that you're going to pitch it to is largely covers governments or a beat on uh, or, or on, on, a, on a specific community try to tailor it to that specific community it can't just be any random thing if i wish it were, it were that simple mm-hmm. you have to do a little homework and if uh, and you have to try to make a match right that makes sense if you don't have an interesting person though to pitch and you have a product but the product for instance is making an impact on the wider community or the wider world, how would you suggest people go about those types of pitches so that they still get your interest, but it's not necessarily like about an interesting person, as you mentioned? Well, if that's the case, I would think that those kinds of things can st- are still interesting because even if it isn't, uh, if you, even if you can't put me in the through the eyes of somebody who can do something with it, you know, issues like that are uh, can, can be interesting if uh, if possible. But again, it's got it has to fit to what that reporter does. So, you know, mm-hmm. I would, if, if you're going to pitch it, I would say if you know that that the person that you're um, pitching it to is based in the Boston area or the New York area or the Houston area. Look at it in the phrase of okay, we could we could talk to you about you know how this affects people in Houston or in Boston or in Long Island or that that kind of uh, thing. Try to make it fit to what the mission statement of that of the uh, of the journalist that you're reaching is. Again, it has to go with um, you know trying to fit the peg in the right in the right position. If you can try to at least do that, then that might have some kind of success, especially. Um, I mean, at Newsday, we always try to look at the at the at the bigger picture, the, the you know how how things things are affecting people on Long Island. Even if it can't fit to say Smithtown, something like you know we know that your paper does this. I think that it could cover you know th- th- this could be an interesting issue out there in that broader region where you know because this is because this is where uh, this is the kind of stuff that could happen out there. So I think that this one might make something that's uh, interesting for for your readers to read. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a little bit of research, but um, if it can fit that criteria, then the chances of me giving giving it a second look are much higher. And do pitches kind of get passed around the newsroom? So let's say, you know, I pitch something to you that might not be exactly what you're going to cover that day, but maybe you're you know, colleague who covers similar beats as you, like, would you kind of pass that off to him or her? You mean if I saw something that was interesting, but it didn't fit 
what I do that like like that. Right. Like if a PR person pitched something and you're like, okay, not pretty good, but like I'm not exactly the right fit or I'm not gonna be covering that, like would you pass that on to someone else or Oh yeah, yeah. I I've I've done that a lot uh, usually. Some, sometimes if I if I'll, I'll come across something where it's a great story and I get excited about it, oh but it's in say I don't know Bayshore or something. That's which is nowhere near my beat. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just find the uh, the right journalist who uh, is supposed to be doing that. And uh, yeah, this might be something that of interest. I can't guarantee that they'll take that same interest because you know what I think might be interesting is diff- it may be different from somebody else's uh, you know point of view. But I'll at least make the attempt to like, all right, well, to, to at least connect it to the right community, and sometimes vice versa. Sometimes people will send me stuff that uh, might fit where I cover. So yeah, pitches can uh, be passed in between because uh, mm-hmm. ultimately we're we're on the same team and we all kind of want to make sure that our or that our communities are being covered in the best way possible. So, um, mm-hmm. but it just has to, the story just has to be able to fit what we do. If we switch gears a bit, um, can you tell us how the journalism industry has evolved since you first entered? I mean, you mentioned Newsday TV. If you can kind of tell us about changes, how might technology and specifically maybe AI have transformed your newsroom or the industry? Since I started officially as a you know professionally, what since like what 2008 November ish uh, in a small town in Gardner where it was like a legacy newspaper, uh, I've seen a, a lot of changes now. I mean, back then you know Twitter wasn't really a thing, and uh, social media like fa- Facebook was the big thing, and that was a. Uh, and now obviously that's evolved to a, a, a to, to a huge degree now. Um, that's uh, that's something that we we're, we're all trained now to do to uh, be able to. Um, be able to report something at a moment's notice. Usually, um, it, it'd be shoot, shoot a video quickly and tag uh, our social media accounts, and uh, you know, try to have it, you know, so we can have a first and newsday kind of thing as very as quickly as possible. And now, yeah, now there's a greater emphasis on video. I think that now journalists definitely are expected to do a lot more than just write the story. It's about trying to reach as many platforms as possible and uh, and being open to that kind of stuff. Like right now, we're I, I've been getting a little bit of training now and then about uh, how to go on to uh, Newsday TV. They've been that's been a new um, directive that's been very important for us here, and uh, and rightfully so. It's uh, video is kind of the way of the that everything is going, and we need to adapt to that. It's just another way how to take your story and and reach people on a bigger platform, and, and it connects with our communities a lot better usually. So um, I think that I haven't seen AI. Uh, go there yet that's probably i don't know that's probably a good thing because i still from what i've seen i'm I'm still kind of leery about how that whole thing works but um i'd mm-hmm. say that uh right now the changes i've been seeing have been good it's, it's just it's a matter of uh trying to embrace all of, the, all, all of that for example um i think it was about a year ago when i was covering a story in greenport where uh it was kind of a big deal out there where uh it was closer to the uh the village elections suddenly like uh through an obscure New York state law, uh, like 80% of the uh, people who were on the ballot were suddenly disqualified uh, to, from running. And uh, at the very tail end of it, uh, the village agreed and they put them back on the ballot. And uh, as soon as they did, I was just basically shooting video from my phone while taking notes and, uh, you know, doing a lot of multitasking. And uh, I, I uh, sent that right over to our um, social media folks and um, we managed to you know, break the story as it was, as it was going on. And it was a pretty big story around these parts here. So um, that's just another example of how 
quickly uh, technology has uh, been able to evolve and change. Usually, you know, if you go back a couple of years, you'd have to just wait till the next morning to figure out how it happens. Whereas now uh, we have that ability to reach our viewership and, and people beyond that uh, in, in the blink of an eye through a couple of buttons. So, and I'm sure that it's going to keep, keep growing. We're all just trying to uh, adapt to our mission statement and uh, to try to connect with as many people as possible as the, you know, as, 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 as more of these um, opportunities with uh, technology kind of come forward. On social media, would you say you're connected across platforms? So do you get pitches through like LinkedIn and Twitter and do you answer those? I can't say I get many of those through that that way. Largely, uh, the the pitches that I get from public relations folks, I would, I would they're they're usually in my inbox directly. Um, so I, I haven't seen the that you know I haven't gotten approached that way yet. Um, I mean, usually with social media, sometimes that's a, I, I put myself out there publicly that way. So um, that, that's more for regular folks and sources uh, who, who want to talk to me to, to, to find a way to get in touch with me, which, you know, that, that has worked. I haven't gotten approached on pitches, you know, from a PR perspective that way yet. But, you know, that's, I'm sure that's something that's coming probably. And any final views on how um, journalism might change in the years ahead? It's been well. It's changed so much since when I when, since I first started. So um, I think that, and this is, doesn't just go for you know for, for the organization I work with. I think we're just looking at a at a bigger picture now. Um, journalists are just going to be expected to be able to uh, do a lot more. You're going to have to really embrace the idea of the uh, of being a multi of, of being multimedia, and you know, not it's not it's not just writing the story and going into a uh, you know, people's homes that that's uh just going to be a part of it you're going to have to find ways how to how to better uh get the story out across uh you know to, to, to more people and connect it and um that's sometimes that's through video sometimes that's through social media that's um i don't know how ai would focus feature in on that um i'm uh, and I, I don't want to speculate that yet because i don't know um but uh I think that uh, as technology keeps growing, we're just going to have to find a, a way how to understand it and connect with it and uh, try to use it to, for our mission statement. It, go, it goes back to the the core of it. We we do we do journalism because we feel that there's there are things that that people want to know. We that we know that there are stories that each each person has that. Uh, that can inspire people or, or can serve as a warning or it can, or, or there's, they're an example of a bigger problem. Uh, and um, ultimately it, that helps people out by just having that knowledge um, as with that technology is it's all ultimately it's meant to help. And um, I think that mm-hmm. as, as we try to understand, as, as these new technologies kind of keep, keep emerging, we're just going to, be trying to understand it as it as it goes along and figure out a way how we can use it to um, to connect as, as many, with as many people as possible. Well, John Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for making time. <laughs> it was a pleasure, Vanya. Right